0: what is up everyone i'm michael jewell and welcome to theater greater then film the green room The show where we watch a piece of pop culture, very unprofessionally critique it, and then improvise one scene that kicks the shit out of the original. Believe me, as always, we will fail every single time. Before we get started, sadly, we may not be seeing Virginia in this series. Or who knows, maybe she'll show up in a post credit scene. Wink, wink. But we've got two new amazing additions to the TGTF, Yes Ander Katears! The man that could carry my shield any day of the week. Mr. Arfie Mansfield. Hello. (laughs) Whoa, calm down. Calm down, Arfie. Jeez. (laughs) Sorry, I'll try to match your energy. I'll bring it down a bit. Bring it down. Uh, And also, you can call him Chris, but he's Mr. Winter Soldier if you're nasty chris mead hello there michael
1: very nice to be here today i'm trying to match your energy but i am british and i'm running out of steam incredibly
0: quickly thank you cheerio Uh, And if you couldn't tell, uh, I brought two amazing folks from across the pond to chat all about the, I think, very interesting choice for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, When we talk about a movie, a show rather, uh, that can be even faster and more furious than Vin Diesel himself, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series that just released episode one today or yesterday, depending on when this comes out. But let's go ahead. Let's dive right in, shall we? Let's talk first impressions. Folks, Arfy, what did you think of the Falcon and Winter Soldier first episode?
2: So I'm going to get very first impressions with my first impressions. So the opening scene was lovely. It was a very mm-hmm. grounded, domestic, cold open. And there's that bit where he's putting Captain America's shield into a symbol case, uh, which was lovely. And it put me in mind of Whiplash and I I just wanted it to be Marvel Does Whiplash. Um, so everything I say after this point, view that through the lens of my disappointment that this wasn't Marvel Does Whiplash. <laughs> I love that Marvel recognizes that superhero isn 't a genre of film it 's just trapping, so they will make you know a heist film or a conspiracy thriller and it happens to have superheroes that's in right. this I was hoping was going to be um, a, a you know mentor goes off the rails and beats the shit out of um, his mentee um and then with a very cathartic ending, but with superheroes in and it wasn 't that, and that 's disappointing. <laughs>
0: So in your mind, in your head, you were thinking, okay, this is definitely, like, you, no trailer. You saw the trailers probably, ostensibly. You thought, like, oh, you didn't see a trailer. Okay, so you didn't no, see no, a trailer. No, no, I don't
2: watch trailers. But you're sitting Trailers here. are to <laughs> tell people whether they want to see a thing. And I already knew that I was going to watch this because you asked me to. <laughs> so I didn't need to see any trailers. So um completely Fair enough. redundant. Fair enough. I, I turn up to the cinema half an hour after the scheduled start time of the film so that trails will just be ending so that I don't see them, because I'm going to see the films anyway. And... Sometimes they'll put on shorter trailers and I'll come in 10 minutes into the film. And, you know, that's just a price worth paying for never seeing trailers. Fair. So Chris, what did you think? First
0: impressions of this? And by the way, just so everybody's clear on the audience, this is not Whiplash. So let's just wipe that out right now. It isn't Whiplash. So I'm sorry to all of the... Clearly all the listeners out there was hoping this was going to be Whiplash. Well, let me talk a little bit more
1: about Whiplash. I think it's actually a really good idea because obviously JK Simmons is in the Marvel universe right exactly. he correct, is JJ Jameson so i think that would work really well i think they could just remake it he's already part of it i think that would be yeah. brilliant i mean i Jonah good.
0: is kind of like almost like that that director or whatever yeah. that, that mm-hmm. i forget the character's name very brash very rude very mean to one single uh, hapless boy peter who's parker. just trying to yeah peter parker or mm-hmm. Uh, Reed Richards technically in an alternate universe because that guy also played Reed Richards in the yes, Fantastic movie. So it's all there. It's all there. The makings are true. I, I
2: think actually it's Fantastic. Fantastic. That's right. Mm-hmm. I think Fortastic sounds better somehow. I oh yeah, it does, uh, and that's why they didn't go with that. Uh, they decided to come up with a name that was as bad as the film was, uh, which is unfortunate because. Sometimes you have terrible names like that, like Sir Severin, um, the David Fincher <laughs> film, um, is a terrible name, but a very good film, Um, though it does have Kevin Spacey in it. So I suppose we just didn't realize how terrible it was because it seemed like a good film at the time. So there we go. It he actually is, is a baddie, terrible though.
0: film. I, I <laughs> That's know, another but... podcast for another day, uh, by the way. All right, Chris, finish off your first impressions. What did you think uh, of Whiplash? I mean, uh, fantastic... <laughs> fantastic... <laughs> The
1: fantastic winter soldier. I was also very taken by that first scene. I went slightly different way to Arfi. I thought it'd be really good if it panned over to the shield and he'd like made some nachos in there. Like, (laughs) Falcon was using the shield. There's like a dip in the middle, loads of tortilla chips around the outside. And that would be, I think that would say something
0: about his character if he was using Cap's shield. Just complete disrespect of everything (laughs) that the shield
2: represents.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, All right, so let's talk about it let's talk about this show so it does start off very slow very cool uh i like that i love the opening the intro was nice it was a good pace and a moment to reflect on what had happened at the very end of something that we hadn't seen for like three years right or two or however long now two years now so it was a kind of a cool little uh button to that movie and kind of connecting that the timelines a little bit uh and then it kicks off with what I had expected from this show from the get go, which was just uh, dude jokes and and you know uh, explosions and flying, which I actually loved. And I I had to watch it like on a little iPad today because we were in a rush. But even still, I was like, okay, this is looking good. This is looking like a film qual- quality TV show. So I was pretty impressed. What did you guys think about that starting off, Chris?
1: Uh, yeah, no, I've I'm I've just upgraded my setup, so I I was able to watch it in Atmos. And uh, 4K kind of Dolby Vision with the the HDR. And okay, everything. that's uh, enough
2: of that. Thank you very much, Arfi, What did you think? Oh. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm watching <laughs> with my old setup. So it's it's just a 32 inch screen and uh, just the built in speakers. So um, I didn't get that same thing out of it, but. <laughs> To me, yes, it did remind me of a film. It felt very filmic. Unfortunately, the film in question was a Captain America film and not one of the good Marvel oh, films. Yeah. So it was exactly what, what I feared. What do you mean by be. that? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, the Captain America films are bad. <laughs>
0: fair, fair enough. All right, I I, I love this so much. We're like laying the groundwork for for all of our listeners. You're like, what is happening? (laughs) So, Chris, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Tell me about what you actually thought about... (laughs) opening scene. I pride myself that
1: I really enjoy both kind of real psychological, beautiful, emotionally literate filmmaking and things exploding. I love both of those things very much indeed. Uh, I did think this was incredibly, brilliantly choreographed and fun, that first scene. Uh, yeah. yeah, so for me, like the sound was pinballing around the room and things were swooping in from above and exploding. But I did think, is this going to be a structural pro- problem Because this is a TV series and they do seem to have spent their entire budget on this first 10 minutes. And indeed, after that point, it was a lot of people speaking to each other. Um, So, (laughs) but I did really, really enjoy it. Um, You know, any scene where they're like, please be subtle. And then the guy goes, of course, I'll be subtle. I'm just going to backflip out of this plane. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I love it. I mean, it's very, you know, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, I think the Falcon has what I call the Aquaman problem, which is that he's a very silly character that isn't very cool. And I really enjoy the way modern interpretations of both of those characters are desperately trying to make them cool. Like the original Falcon was
0: just in a leotard with feathers up his arm. Yeah. That was like. What he and could he could actually talk to birds. Like he yeah. could literally. Liter- commune with flying animals. So I'm, I'm just so enjoyed. glad you
2: ended that syllable's arm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Didn't yes. know yes. where you no, were going. Stuck with that. Uh stuck up his arm. Good, lovely, um, lovely. Arm.
0: Arm. Um so yeah, I kind of agree. It, it What I was kind of quickly thinking about after watching this episode was, uh, I we knew that this is going to be a Fast and the Furious type show. It's going to be way different than WandaVision, which I think was a an, an exceptional show and so interesting and so different and so unique for this genre. Uh, but I was happy that we got this too because this genre serves this type of thing well as well and shouldn't be overlooked just because because it's like silly, you know, uh, shoot em up stuff. But even still, I think they played this show, this, at least episode one, really well. Like, I liked learning more about Bucky, and and we'll talk about that in a second, but his sort of uh, uh, demons from being the Winter Soldier, and I thought that was played to to some benefit. And I liked that the Falcon uh, comes back, and he's kind of like living that Black experience in America lifestyle, which is an important conversation to have. So I thought, like, they didn't just say... We're gonna be quippy and shoot shit, like. But instead, there was also moments where we're fu- we're learning about these two people, much like WandaVision, outside of the world of the Avengers, or you know, the the the, the lens of the Avengers. Go ahead, Arfi.
2: So, I'd just like to compare it first to WandaVision, and then because you brought it up to sure. the Fast and Furious franchise. So. <laughs> okay. I found it interesting how it plays out compared to One Division, because as I understand it, this was made first and they held it back until after One Division, so that would be the first of this new run of TV series. And it's very different in how it plays out. Whereas One Division, they dropped two episodes at the start because they wanted to get people into it and because it was weirder at the start. Whereas this is very. Very conventional MCU stuff, Very particularly early MCU. So um, very similar to the early uh, Captain America films. The opening sequence was strongly reminiscent of the first Iron Man. So that kind of stuff, which was, uh, to go back on my flippant stuff from earlier, not bad, just not a patch on the later stuff. So I, Mm -hmm. I feel that this one is building towards something and it's going to get more and more interesting as it goes along. Whereas One Division started out just balls to the wall crazy, and then yeah. let people yeah. in gently from there, which I prefer uh, personally. I know a lot of people didn't, so I think this is one that is going to take longer for me to get into because it hasn't got to the interesting bit yet. Um, so there's, so it yeah. and One Division, they're both about grief. They're both both about this huge collective trauma, and that's. I I love that that seems to be what this is all about, that it's actually exploring greater themes than just, um, ooh, shooty bang bang stuff. But... So far, it it strikes me that everything is pretty much the same, that uh, after five years of people being disappeared, and then they come back to huge traumas in fairly swift succession, it seems that the politics and the economy of the world is pretty much the same as it always was, uh, by which I mean, for the past 40, 50 years or so. Um, You know, it's this uh, neoliberal late stage capitalist uh, setup, and that's that seems to be unchanged. And that is, it's my fear that it's going to carry on unchanged. And I, it mirrors my fears for how we will recover from COVID, that we won't learn the lessons, that we won't have that kind of post-war recovery that we had in the 40s and 50s that led to such boom times for certain parts of our countries. Um, but it seems that there isn't going to be NHS, that kind of... NHS. NHS. Yeah. Whereas it seems that now we're going to lose that. Uh, We're we're going to lose the NHS because it's been systematically dismantled. So we don't have that same kind of hopeful future that we had after the war. And so it strikes me that there is an opportunity for them to reinvent this world. But if they do, it will become strikingly different from our own world. And that makes it less easy to get into it's less immersive because it would end up being i'm not saying it has to be some kind of socialist utopia or anything but if they're acknowledging this huge set of changes from you know the last two avengers films each of which was as huge and traumatic as the last we have to acknowledge that the world would need to change in ways that would make it unrecognizable from our own and having people who can fly is not a big enough change for that to be interesting to me. Okay. I Go think ahead, Chris. I think Arfi has
1: you know put it really eloquently. Uh I would say though, did you not notice the bit where the Falcon's backpack lasered the rotor off a helicopter? Yes. Thank
2: you, <laughs> oh <laughs> Thank my God. gosh.
0: I mean, it was smashy, smashy, bangy, bangy, a whole bunch, and it mm-hmm. was great. Mm-hmm. What are you talking
2: about? <laughs> there was there was a getting into a a plane while it was flying, which um again puts me in mind of the Fast and Furious films. And, and Flying, also squirrel, the... suits.
0: flying mm. squirrel suits. Flying squirrel suits. Oh, I have something on the flying stuff.
1: squirrels, uh, squirrel suits, right? They were winning against the Falcon when they were in the plane. They were like, okay, we're, we're on top of him. We're beating him up. And they were like, what was their next tactical move? Let's jump out of the plane so that he can have all the advantages of his super... <laughs> fast suit and all we have are these giant pyjama things like I was like they
0: (laughs) they took the time to put on those winged suits while he was I guess asleep for 10 minutes or something (laughs) those suits you can't put that kind of stuff on quickly
2: but didn't he blow up the plane didn't he you know murder whoever was left inside there um, he murdered so many There's people. There's a lot of murders. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There is a I lot murder. I'm not on board with the murders. Um i say what you like about Batman, but he doesn't do murders and um unfortunately his films tend hands. to be terrible these days. <sighs>
1: Tim Burton anyway. Batman. Did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh Tim Burton Batman did kill, yeah, but yeah. anyway, that's a, that's a, also another podcast for <laughs> (laughs) But I kind of want to circle back, Arfi, on something that you did say, because I think there is an interesting theme that is starting to emerge uh, around grief Mm. uh, as far, and and the grief of the world that we live in, grief of the world that they live in, I guess, uh, grief on the people they've lost. Because I think starting with Far From Home, the Spider-Man movie that came out directly after Endgame, it was very, very, very much a reflection of grief on losing Tony and losing his father. And then WandaVision being the grief of losing his loved one. And now this one sort of being the grief of losing Captain America and or losing that rock that you had uh, this stalwart thing that you knew was immovable and unbreakable uh, like the world that they had lived in before end game, like the world that we had lived in quote unquote before the pandemic. So I think there is a common theme and a common co- conversation around what you're talking about, which I think will be really interesting to play out in this world. They kind of luck, like I wouldn't say luck, it's not luck, but the pandemic happening mm-hmm. kind of uh, so easily mirrors the world that end game lives in. So it kind of makes it very easy for the writers to have that conversation uh and reflect on the times that it's in, which is kind of interesting. It's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, they get that resonance for free. I, yeah. I think sure. I think that whole arc with Tony um spoilers dying um, <gasps> is, <What? laughs> um, is is really fascinating because the It's weird to think that Iron Man 3 was quite as long ago as it was. It was one of the early ones in the franchise. I think it was ninth out of 22 or something like that. And and yet his presence hasn't diminished in that time, and it's more interesting him as a mentor you know, to Peter, for instance, and then giving over to the next generation, um, in much the same way as the plot of Cars 3 goes. Spoilers. Um <laughs> Cars 3 Cars Surprisingly three. uh yeah it's also on Disney Plus so I know you have access to it you have no excuse um after <laughs> Cars which wasn't great and Cars 2 which was actively bad um I shouldn't have gone to see Cars 3 but I did and it's all about this racer who had his time he was the hotshot young thing and then he's gone out to pasture a bit, and he, he's got a protégé who is, you know, she's his um, engineer or pit stop type, I think. I I'm not sure what the terms are, because I don't know anything about the world. And it's clear that he's a bit past it, he's in this one final race, and he's clearly past it. And at that point, I thought, they're going to do some terrible ending, whereby... Um, somehow he manages to win but no, instead he comes off the track and hands over his number to his protégé and she takes over and so the whole point of it is to say it's time for the slow old guards to step aside and allow the young bucks in, which I thought was a very brave thing for Pixar to be saying so well done them to uh, explain why they should be obsolete (laughs) What, well, Arfi, Super
0: duper quick question for you, just out of curiosity. Did you watch the Falcon and Winter Soldier
2: episode today? Um, I I watched Whiplash and I watched Cars Three, which I feel should be <laughs> should be enough. Um, no, I I, I did, and I, let let me give you some observations, which I'm going to pretend are allegories, but are actually just small things that I noticed. <laughs> So Sam, mm. Sam is an uncle, mm-hmm. and he is explicitly referred to as Uncle Sam within it. So when we see these excesses of him blowing things up and killing people, are the writers suggesting that America does this? Surely not. And there's a bit where, um, where where they're playing Battleship, um, Bucky and um, and his date, I believe. I forget. I his, my yeah, notes are yep. terrible, and it put me in mind of the film battleship and i realized that that's what the episode had reminded me of which was a huge expensive military funded cash in for toys and that's unfortunate because uh, famously not a good film <laughs> uh chris
0: chris i got to ask you uh, when when you signed up for this, did you did you think that this would turn into a conversation around Cars Three and Battleship?
1: Well, you forget that I have talked to Arfi before now, so yes, because so it, he makes every conversation about Whiplash and Cars um, Battleship. 3. And, oh, that uh, must be exhausting. exhausting. No, it's good. <laughs> he always finds a new angle on it, so uh, that's excellent,
0: guys. We should we should watch Cars Three minute by minute <laughs> and do <laughs> and do. <laughs>
2: Castle we should watch fun. the whole franchise, including the franchise. Planes, the spin off, which wasn't actually made by Pixar, but uh, still Disney, so it looks the same. So it looks like that. Let's get back to Falcon really quick. So, one oh, thing okay. I wanted to ask
0: you guys were. Uh, what do we think of the potential antagonist group, if we will, the Flag Smashers? What the heck is that? What is going on there? Why Why is one of them super powered? I suspect
1: that that is a Marvel villain that has... I was going to actually look this up before we went on the show. I, I reckon probably Flag Smasher is something that Stan Lee dreamed up, you know, at some point... LSD in like yeah yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know if that's true, but I really like the idea in the show, which is that after all of these people disappeared and came back, they've had enough of borders. They've had enough of countries. Mm -hmm. They just want a unified human race. I guess once you know that there are. Alien races that want to come and destroy the entire planet, then you can see how people would think maybe we shouldn't be yeah, warring yeah. amongst ourselves. Maybe we should band together and actually, maybe, uh, yeah, look after each other. So yeah, it's like Independence
0: I, Day. sort yeah,
1: of? I'm always. I enjoy. I enjoy antagonists that have a, an interesting point of view, and that idea of no more borders, no more flags is
0: is interesting. I think. What do you I mean think at the, of the end of other antagonist, the therapist?
1: <laughs> I liked her. I liked the fact that I like the therapist is also a soldier. Awesome. Yeah, I really liked her. I thought she was pretty cool. That actually.
0: was one of my favorite scenes in the in this episode. Uh, was just Bucky uh just i guess I, we never really get you cuz you don't you watch bucky in like five movies that he's been in and you don't really get a personality from him right like you don't he's either well, he's, a, a, he's not he's,
2: himself for most of the time yeah
0: yeah he's either a, a drone or whatever and even in the first captain america you kind of only really get like This one dimension where he's like, you know, he's sexy American guy who's going over to fight, you know, uh, fight the Nazis. And I think this this gave him a little something That was what I was getting at from the beginning. Like, I think we're getting a little bit more of these guys that you normally wouldn't care about in other worlds, like in movies or whatever. Like you said, Chris, where there's like a falcon and he talks to, you know, fucking falcons. Like, you don't really care about that, but this show is giving them that, in my mind.
1: Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, um, I'm so sorry, (laughs) Alfie. Oh, gosh. Um, I think Bucky is an interesting character because Bucky, of the comic books, is uh, like a kid, right? He's the kid sidekick of Captain America. And so bringing, when Ed Brubaker brought Bucky back, um, I mean, I think it's really interesting to think Captain America was obviously not a Marvel hero, He was an actual World War comic book hero. He, he, you know, he was like the propaganda.
0: He's like an American propaganda tool in during World War Two. So
1: having Marvel fold him back into the their their comic book universe, and then when Ed Brubaker brought back. Bucky, who was just this uh, propagandist sidekick into this kick-ass soldier. That was an amazing move from the comics. But what they did in the cinematic universe was they made him a good-looking old guy. And then when he came back, he was still an old guy. I mean, not old, but, you know, he was was about the same age. He wasn't like a little kid. Um, and so I think the impact of that character arc is, is lessened hugely by that. And he wasn't given much to do. He was just an automaton, really, wasn't he, for a lot of it. Um, but I liked who he became in this. I liked the beginnings of his character in this one. And I particularly liked, you know, that it was a bit of a, how's he, you know, how do you date when you're 106
2: and have a metal arm? Like, that's a, that's a good story. It's fun. Mm-hmm. So it put me in mind of, of two things. So um, Joe Haldeman's The Forever War and the Fast and Furious franchise. So first off, uh, The Forever War, uh, for those who don't know, it's a novel which is about this war that's out on some distant planet, and I think due to the nature of Um, interstellar travel and faster than light stuff and so on, these people who are sent off to fight it aren't aging when they come back to earth, but hundreds of years have passed or decades or whatever. And so they feel completely out of place and are no, this is no longer the world they knew and the world they knew is gone completely. So um, obviously uh, written at the time of Vietnam, very strong allegory there. We seem to be getting something very similar here, which is, lovely uh, because you've got both both sam and bucky they have come back from something unimaginable into a world that on the face of it hasn't changed but to them is alien in many ways that this is Mm -hmm. things have changed not at all and yet more than they you can possibly imagine which is a wonderful setup i really want to see how the two of them um interplay and i hope they they will butt up against each other because that to me is more interesting than um going up against the enemy so wonder against vision was far more interesting to me than wonder against um catherine hun whose character had a name that i don't know um but
0: the- <laughs> having-
2: not- oh i wasn't gonna even to save
0: you-, you on that i was just gonna
2: let like- go <laughs> No, no, um that's that's fine. Um it was Catherine Hahn all along. Um so I I love that thing where these two sides are irreconcilable and you don't want either one to lose because you love both of them. Like you don't want any harm to come to vision or to wonder. But they 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 can't both win. So it's it's like that antagonist win, thing that yeah. um the MCU is getting towards, where like um Killmonger, where you know as everyone points out, he's not wrong. Um, it's so you have these you're invested in both sides. So that's more interesting to me than if they're up against some supervillain. And in many ways, the fact that. Uh, the source material has all these supervillains is somehow holding it back. I think <laughs> I think superhero films are held back by the source material because people will feel betrayed if you don't put in that kind of stuff. I was talking to a friend recently about uh, the original Fantastic Four movie. And by that, I mean the, the Chris Evans, Michael Chiklis one, um, in which you have these well-rounded characters, fully rounded and um, given depth as of a serious film. And then when they're in costume, you've got Michael Chickler saying, it's clobbering time, which his character wouldn't say. It, But you have to have the catchphrase in there. And the same way that... Um, yeah, you've got to do it. The Andrew Garfield's uh, Spider-Man films, you have him being you know, very emo, angsty, moping and so on, and then as soon as he's got the costume on he's quipping the whole time what the MCU really gets right is that the characters are the same people whether they've got the mask on or not they express themselves in different ways of course but they're still fundamentally the same people instead of uh, essentially okay. having a different set of writers, yeah exactly it's, um, it's so strange that yeah. you'll have uh, different characters whether they're the hero or the person themselves when what the mcu gets so very right but they will right.
0: do the thing mm. sorry i was just saying the the thing that you that i do find and you're absolutely right is when we get to the third act of most of these, they devolve into superhero, like com- basic comic book, you know, 101. Uh, and you're absolutely right. I, I, Cause that's when we fall off, right? That's when we get bored or, you know, it's exciting or fun, but you're absolutely right. When it hits the character moments and the characters behave as the characters should. And this helps in this specific scenario because they have good actors and what feels like reasonably good writing so far. Uh, go ahead, Chris, what do you got?
1: Uh, can I talk about Falcon's sister? Because she, I think, yes. was my favorite character. Yeah, let's um, talk about
0: it. I wanted to ask you about that too. Yeah, go. Uh, I think she was brilliant,
1: and I really liked uh, that. I really liked that she called she she said you're always up in space fighting Doctor Space Cape or something, which I thought <laughs> yes. was that was one of my favorite lines. I was very <laughs> interested in the the fact that they were going to talk about financial situations and and all of all of that stuff. Um, I do think it's slightly undercut by the fact that the Falcon, you know, Sam knows Pepper Potts and Pepper Potts probably has enough money behind a sofa to just make this whole problem go away. And I get that he's proud and I, yeah. you know, but I, I really feel like probably there is a way to keep that boat just by asking his billionaire friends.
0: Yeah. I think the, the thing that they were trying, and this is in my head, the, the, what I took from this is they were trying to have a grounded black experience conversation within the uh, fucking superhero show where people just come back from being blipped. So they had to sort of, you have to ignore that because you're absolutely right. Like as Avengers, clearly one of these dudes has like, you know, somebody could talk to somebody, uh, you know, in the, in the supply chain and have a (laughs) conversation where they get some money.
2: But this is how billionaires are. Uh, They could save everyone's boat and they don't. That's true. So um, thanks Jeff Bezos. Uh, or Pepper Pots to give him Ooh, his real way, name.
0: Jeff Bezos does feel look like he is uh, a a villain of some kind in some sort of uh, like Bond film or something. Well, yes, I mean, you have to be and a, Bond a podcast, villain to a certain extent for <laughs> another day. Last question. <laughs> We're going to talk about the one last antagonist really quick. That person being U.S. agent or the new Captain America. Mm. You know, which I think is an interesting thing, too, because they hired Wyatt Russell, which is Kurt Russell's son. Oh, I didn't know Which is kind of a cool little Easter egg. And they had that one shot at the end where... He kind of looked like him, but he looked like a mopier version of him. I don't know if that that makes sense. It didn't. It kind of looked like a Bizarro Captain America, which I really loved. Uh, so, what do you think is going to happen there? What who? What is US Agent? What is Captain America? What's going on there?
1: Well, I mean, I know a little bit about that character in the comics, so I imagine it will go that way. Um, so, I'd be quite interested if you if you both don't know that, what you think? I know nothing. <laughs>
0: You know a so, lot,
2: actually. I've, okay. I've come to learn. Okay. Well, then, um, I I will speak my ignorance loudly. Uh, for that is what people like me do. So, <laughs> um, I I have no theories. Um, I just want to see how it unfolds. I I don't get this whole whole thing that as soon as something happens on TV, that everyone has to have a theory and that there is so. Okay, this puts me in mind of two things. So The Sopranos and the Fast and the Furious franchise. So first off, (laughs) the ending of The Sopranos... I love that it's a mystery. I don't see it as a puzzle that we have to unpick. It's much more interesting to me that we don't know than that there is a right answer that the genius writers came up with and just aren't telling us because they put it all in there. It ends where it ends. And the fact that we don't know what happens next to Tony is important. And it's something you can only do in a situation like that. And it's one of those things about serialised storytelling that is so unique so um you know comics can do this television series can do this other media not to the same extent but you can have this long running thing where you see the intricacies of people's lives and their relationships and then it stops and is left a mystery and you get that one opportunity at the end to do that and i love i love that mystery and so when there is a next episode it well, said... will come uh, i I, I have no theories about it. Um, I It's it's more fun to me to watch it unfold, except on the occasions when I do have theories and the entirety of what I just said doesn't apply. Um, I'm fickle.
0: <laughs> well, we're about to get to that because I'm about to ask you right now to make some completely rec- reckless predictions <laughs> about what's going to happen in the rest of this series. So, Chris, you're you're a comic book head. What do you think? First off, who is the big bad guy here? Who is there? Is there a is there like a Hydra happening? Like some sort of uh, resurgence of that? Is somebody else showing up that we may know about or don't know about yet?
1: Well, there's the Laf, uh, who I think did Party Rock Anthem. They were the <laughs> they were the the guys that were st- trying to steal that Airman. And then, of course, the, the the flag people as well. But no, I'm gonna just I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my own flag in the ground yes. and say U.S. Agent is evil. Winter Soldier and Falcon are gonna have to put him down before the end of the series. Ooh, I dig it. I dig it,
0: uh, Arthie. <laughs> so after your your uh uh you know milk your soapbox rant about not predicting. Give me so, wild predictions
2: right now. Okay, so it's very clear that Sam represents Uncle Sam. Uh, there was a little little hidden Easter egg where he's repeatedly called Uncle Sam. Um, so he's that traditional, um, you know, in, in the same way as Cap was. That that kind of traditional American values. Um, The good ones, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Bucky represents uh, more the kind of uh, newer America, the less certain. Um, Obviously, the old America is now increasingly uncertain, but um, I think... I think Sam is, uh, despite the ages, I would say that Sam is uh, is a boomer here, and um, that Bucky is very much Gen X in this situation. Uh, I think U.S. Agent is is going to be the American millennial, um, and I'm hoping that in the final episode, in the post uh, uh, credits scene, we will find out who is the um, the the Zoomers the. Um, uh, whatever we're we're calling that generation now uh, they will come along, and so we have it's about generational uh strife that we're all really on the same side, but um some of us are more fucked than others, and we're all just trying to work out our place, but it's all within this very toxic neoliberal society so um i think I think at the end we realize that we're all on the same side and take down um the oppressive structures the the hierarchy that is holding us down uh but up until that point there'll be a lot of punching each other
0: yeah i was gonna say but what about all the bangy bangy smashy smashy lasers there, there will be
2: that yeah okay, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> oh my gosh all right well with that we're going to get into rankings every time we watch an episode from here forth to with and in the future we will rank that episode and I will go first. First off, we need a rankings beat. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give a beat, Chris. I want you to give me like a two-line uh, uh ranking song theme song. You ready? Are you ready for this, Chris?
1: I I mean I am, of course I am.
0: Okay, okay. Uh a boot It's a- time for a- rankings. A- yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Was that like a punk song? Uh, yeah, I, th- I mean,
1: I think that might just be the British thing makes it all seem like the Sex Pistols, but no, it wasn't really. I wasn't really going for punk, I have to say, but I will take it. From you, good. Michael, I'll take
0: it. That was good. You will take it. Uh, sorry, I don't know why I said that. Uh <laughs> Uh, All right, ranking. So for me, I give this ranking, I give this episode five rule, well, three rules out of five. We didn't talk about the rules so much, but I like that there was these weird rules that he had to follow. It's kind of like a a weird Isaac Asimov, like, (laughs) where he can't you know nothing he can't do anything illegal but he can't also get hurt anybody which would be something illegal which then he has to say his little like speech that he is you know like uh like a recovering alcoholic basically (laughs) speech that he does uh, so I give it three out of five. It was good. It was, it didn't quite hook me like like Arfie said, it didn't quite hook me like the first episode of WandaVision. But I do feel it's going to have a, a similarly reverse effect, whereas we watch episodes two, three, four, et cetera, it's going to ramp up. And this is sort of like in, in improv, we have like that platform setting, you know, first five minutes of a, a, of, a, of a of a show, usually five, ten minutes. You're just sort of in the world. Nothing too crazy is happening. You're just learning about the people. And then the until one days start coming in. And I think that's what's going to happen here. And uh, so I give it three rules out of five rules. Uh, Arfi, what do you give this film?
2: Okay. So... Um If we if we consider high tide to be the high water mark in a literal and figurative way, then I would say that this is, um, it's not quite the tide fully out, but the the boat is rather beached, and um, we can't get a loan to repair it. <laughs>
0: Perfect, Chris. What do you? Oh, that was such a great button on that, Arfie. I like that a lot. What do you give this episode?
1: Well, I feel like people must have looked away at the point where Sam retracted his wings, flew through a helicopter, grabbed his quarry, went out the other side, re-engaged his wings, shot away, shot a mine back at the helicopter and blew it up and then like spiraled out the way and floated back to Earth again. Did people just not see that bit? Uh, I, Yeah, I saw it. It was great. Okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, so, I'm going to give it, and mine is also sea based, which is weird. <laughs> oh, interesting. I'm going to give it half the fish in the sea. So, out of all the Ooh. fish in the sea, half the fish in the sea. So,
2: you, I mean, that would work out as, I suppose, a sea grade. Yeah,
0: I guess it would. Yeah. <laughs> And on that note, we're going to come right back. We're going to do 10 minutes of improv based on what we just talked about. We're going to try and see if we can make the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier even better through our amazing ability to improvise. Don't go nowhere. Stick around. We'll be right back. And we cut to the Queen City High School band room. Mr. Jameson, can
1: I ask you a question?
0: You gotta, first off, you gotta, you gotta hit the, you gotta hit the, that snare a lot faster. What do you got? What's the matter?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm not a drummer. I'm a photographer. Could, could I, could you teach me how to take
0: pictures? Could I just take a lot of pictures while I'm, while I'm talking to you? Do you you? think I came all the way down here to Queen City High School to teach you how to take photographs?
1: J. Jonah Jameson. I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's what you're known for. You're, you're, a, you're a
0: journalist. You're not a drummer. Why, why are you saying that right now? What? Why, why? Peter? Okay. I hire you for one thing and one thing only. It's to take pictures of Spider-Man. I needed you for this. I needed you for this moment. Okay. I need to learn how to conduct an orchestra. And I asked you and you said you'd help me out. Sure.
1: Okay. Sorry. I'll put my camera down then. Um... Sorry. I, I I am actually a drummer. I, I'm up. happy
0: to do the drumming. I. God damn it. God damn it. All right. I asked Parker to do it because Parker says he knows. Uh, he's got a, he's got skills with his hands, and he said he was able to do this. Now, what the what what is this? What is this? Who are you, by the way? What is your name?
2: I I don't remember. I've been here five hours. I, I I'm I'm the drummer. I I drum. I. I... Ah!
1: I know. Oh, so that's Reed Richards. He's just this kid at the school. He's a really good drummer. Very clever, too. What is it with this? What is why everybody's got uh, alliterative names in this whole room? We were all named by the same old man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? uh, Who's old man? You talking about my father, Jonathan Jonah Jameson? He's just this guy. He, he, I think he might I'm be like a janitor up. at the school. Shut like- up. Shut up. All right, listen. I got I got a bone to pick, okay? You know that the Daily Bugle is my pride and joy, my baby. But the goddamn Times, the owner of the Times said he could conduct an orchestra better than me. I'm so sorry about that, sir. You don't look sorry. You're not hitting the snares hard enough. Oh my God! Terrible!
2: Absolutely terrible! Read. I, I can do this. I I was born to do this. I, I I've got my drumsticks. right to... can oh, can you? Can you can, you? can you?
0: Can you stop I... for a second? Can you just give me a coffee or something? I need. I need a coffee. I didn't ask you to touch the drumstick.
2: Oh, uh, coffee.
0: Sure. You know, Mister Jameson.
1: Uh, if if you have a problem with this rival editor, I could swing over there. What do you mean swing put, over just, there? Well, you know, like I mean, like you know, like uh, it's just a it's like just that goddamn Spider-Man's? Like, no, just like I'm just gonna swing over there, like I'm a cool cat you know i'm just sw- i'm gonna swing over there that's all i'm you that. leave the cool to me all right you're not cool okay jay jonah jameson's cool sure yeah absolutely I'm, I'm so sorry no you are cool and i'm not i'm just a geek uh you know there's nothing interesting or or unique about me at all so don't think that there is there isn't I, i'm not thinking that
0: i am as- actually I'm, le- I'm thinking less and less of that as i'm watching you point god damn it poorly slamming the <laughs> You, hand
2: down. you gotta grab a drumstick first and foremost. I'm a photographer. I, I, I got you the coffee and I heard you saying you wanted it cool. So it's a very cold coffee. The only way I
0: drink coffee is uh, pitch black and ice cold. <laughs> Lukewarm at best. Thank you, Reed. That's uh, Reed. I, I I noticed that you got the coffee without actually leaving the room, though. Did you see yeah. that, Parker?
1: Yeah, I did. He just his torso stayed where it was. His
2: arms just went off to get the coffee. I I think that's a stretch.
0: Yeah, I think it so. Was?
2: I, no, I you must just have assumed I was here because y- you were busy uh, talking. I presume I wasn't here and. I I left. Um, it, you couldn't see me. Um, you know, I, it's as though I was invisible. But no one's invisible. People aren't invisible. Are you? Yeah, that's not a thing.
0: Yeah. Are you friends with that old bastard, son of a monster, whore of a man, Spider Man? <laughs> No? Did you just call him a whore of a man? That's right, Parker. I called oh I God. called Spider-Man a whore of a man. Because you know what? He is a monster. A menace. An absolute aberration to this fine city of New York that we live in. He's a whore.
1: <laughs>
0: Can I... Uh... I'm going
1: to change the subject because this is uncomfortable. Is that okay? Are you
0: are you c- uncomfortable with the fact that I'm calling Spider-Man a whore? Yes, Mr. Jameson. I think he's a I hero. I think it's
2: the only responsible response to that. Yes. I, I
0: first, first off, <laughs> Reed. Is that is that... i pronouncing that correctly? That's... Yes. Well, listen here, Reed. All right. I've been working this business for 45 years. I know when I see a whore of a man
2: and I see one in that menace. Human torch. Miss, uh, Mr. Mr Jameson, Don't I talk about the human if you'll, like that if if you'll forgive me I I think this all comes from a place of um you feel insecure because, you know, press is dying and more and more everything's on the web and Spider-Man is, use... is just your personification of Don't the web. Don't use that
0: word in front of me. For multiple reasons, that word angers me.
1: He's done so much for the city though, sir. Don't you think he's rescued so many people and, and
0: helped out so much? Why do you hate him still so much? He really? Oh God. It ra- it racks my ears every single time. God, I'm never going to beat him. All right. I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell
2: you what's going on. All right. You're right. uh
0: is- it is pronounced Reed, yes. Here
2: yes, I, I'm literally a drum player. I can, I can play. Let me. I can, I can play drums. I, I have very good limbs for drum playing. With a name like Reed, you should be woodwind. Am I right?
0: <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll, I'll be over that here. Was, I don't get it. That was that was horrible. <laughs> I'm docking you a hundred dollars in pay because that was terrible. Oh God. All right. I, I am insecure. All right. Damn it. All right. You. you, you no, I, I have to admit, I, I'm a bit upset. Obs- that I'm not super powered and I'm not able to play these drums myself. I mean,
1: let's do a thought experiment. Say you got, what's your favorite animal, sir? My favorite
0: animal? Yeah. It's a B-52 bomber airplane.
1: Okay, say you got bitten by a (laughs) Fifty-two bomber and got all the attendant powers of that bomber. What would you do with those powers? Would you would you do something for yourself or would you do something for the city?
0: I would do something for the Daily Bugle.
1: J- just you would just do something for the organization you work. For. I own it. Yes, sorry that you own.
0: Yes, that's it, Parker. What is, you you're would, judging me? I feel like I'm being judged. I was open and honest to you.
1: No, I, I'm just saying that all Spider-Man is doing—he didn't ask for those powers, he didn't
2: want them, but now that he's got them, I'm going to save the city he's gonna save the what city did you just say? he's gonna save the city and i'm going to save this drum solo if you will just let me sit down and get get my drumsticks out put your oh god that was disgusting put your hands down i don't
0: need to see that
1: i'll tell you what i'll get a coffee here we go oh my
0: god did i did i just see what i thought i saw are you what what, oh, did, you, what did you see are you peter parker a member of the yes. fantastic four
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i no i'm not well i yeah debatably sometimes but no no i'm not i'm not ever but i just of course i'm just i'm just a photographer i'm just your photographer who always gets is the only person that ever gets pictures of spider-man that's who i am i'm the only person that you're a friendly photographer it's just your friendly
2: neighborhood photographer yeah Yeah, i noticed that about you
0: You spectacular i'm a spectacular photographer i'm amazing. amazing you're not as good as you think let me be honest we touch up a lot of those photos
2: but importantly you're a terrible drummer and I'm really good and you're just you're just there and I could be I could be drumming cuz I can drum and it really feels like you need someone who could... No I think, oh, I think he's getting better Reed I thought that sounded a little better that time
1: Thank you thank you I'm improving my hands are bleeding now
2: though.
0: Oh uh you've also destroyed that snare drum it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty beat up heck
1: It was a really bad idea to hit it that hard it's now just sort of <laughs> <laughs> flat it's two-dimensional on the ground isn't yeah, it yeah it's not
0: it's nowhere near as good as as the initial uh, you know all right fine reed listen i got no other choice against literally every piece of my body including my high top hair and this <laughs> this cigar <laughs> that's perpetually in my mouth is saying g- g- go for it
1: high top is a kind of symbol so you are actually made of drum i'm part drum that's actually
0: on my yeah. great grandfather's side we're, we're part percussion instrument read go you got two you got five seconds to impress me a one and a two and a three and a go i I, i'm I'm not spider-man i'm not either nobody asked you to mention that whore of a man in front of me
1: (laughs) hey what do you guys think about the falcon and the winter soldier those two are pretty interesting right
0: they're pretty great let's go call them and see if they can help play the drums seed we did it that would have been better yeah we, we did, did it, it. we <laughs> did it guys what can i say we proved that yes indeed we are better than the actual television show the falcon and the winter soldier i think that's <laughs> undeniable and <laughs> without any doubt uh we like to always finish these with a quick final thoughts round so chris go ahead give me any final thoughts episode one falcon and winter soldier before we watch episode two next week
1: i would like a doctor space cape series somewhere in phase four or five i don't know why i turned back into jay children there but i
0: was like oh yeah Yeah,
2: that sounds good. Uh what about you, Arfie? Last thoughts. I love that in the therapy room there's this lovely, relaxing picture of a forest mm-hmm. in the one place in the room that the patient can't see it. <laughs> that's not for them, that's
0: for her. Clearly, first off, this therapist is a boss lady. So that she is definitely not worried about her clients and way more worried about her own serenity.
2: I feel like she can't see the wood for the trees. Ooh, that's I think I think Arfie, we, we have to leave it
0: there, right? Like we can't say anything else. That was we've maxed out the puns for the episode. Oh, you sweet sweet man, you have no idea. What's coming? Well, with that said, uh join us next week as we watch episode 2 of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and maybe even talk about it this time. I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> And ultimately, we're still going to have a great time. We're going to do some more improv. We're going to keep trying to do better than the actual film itself. Uh, if you want to, subscribe to our podcast. It's on iTunes, Spotify, and all of the other things. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Also, we have a website that's coming in the works soon, so check that out. Don't forget to follow us at Theater Greater Than Film on Instagram and on Facebook. It's all TGTF all day. Guys, do we have any place where we can follow you and hang out with you guys? I'm Mr.
1: Chris Mead
0: on all social media. Is it false? Is it spelled out like Mr. M I S T E R? No, it's just Mr. Mr.
2: Chris Mead. And Arfie? And I'm Just Arfie. Is it? Which isn't just Arfie, It's j- it's at Just Arfy, not Just. We're at gonna work Arfie. on
0: all of this for the next episode, and we're gonna act like we're professional podcast makers. Lawless. All right, so check him out. Mr. Chris Mead at Just Our Feet and us at Theater Greater Than Film. Until next time, uh, bye-bye. Cheerio. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Toodle-tip.